your host Horace Mangrove filling in for Frank Hemblin. He's out. Bad case of the colds, I guess. He's got double cold. Godspeed, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's double cold? I heard he had the itis. Perhaps he has double cold plus the itis. Double cold itis. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, Frank. And as you can hear, I'm not alone. I'm joined along with Cunt Cockbirth. It's Clint. Oh, sorry, sorry, Clint. Why do you spell it that way? It's the way my mom wanted it spelled. Rest in peace, Ma. Love (laughs) you. And we're also joined along with Reverend Charlie Goodmuffin. Good afternoon or morning or whatever time it is where you are. Maybe you're in space. Maybe you're beyond time and space. (laughs) And I'm legally obligated to tell all of our listeners that you're not a reverend in the religious sense. It's just reverend happens to be your first name. Yes. uh, When I sign my name, I actually have to write an extra note. And now that we got through all that, and if this is your first time listening and you're like, what the fuck am I listening to right now? This is We Talk Games Pick of the Buck. It's a monthly podcast where our sexy robot picks a premise for us. And it's an amalgamation of weird words put together. And from those weird words put together, we talk about retro console games that somehow fit within the premise. This week's premise, Now You're Cooking. So each of us has picked out a retro console game, and we don't know what the other people... See, here's some retro games happening in the background there. Uh, Not one of us knows what the other person has picked. So it's a surprise for everybody. You listening at home and us right now live on this mic. This is live to air. So So who wants to get started with their Now You're Cooking pick? I was so ready for this. All right, Mr. Cockbirth. Very excited when I heard this premise. Not as weird of a a subject or premise as we seem to get on here. Yeah, this one's a little more straightforward than the usual ones, but now you're cooking. It does open the category up to many different types of games, I think. That's very true, and I have uh, I had a favorite in mind the instant I heard this, which uh, is from 1992 for the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System, and mm. that is a latecomer to the NES, which is Panic Restaurant. Oh, okay. By EIM and Taito, who I, uh, is is a favorite here on uh, We Talk Games, I would say. Taito, definitely a company we talk about yes. a lot. It's a side-scrolling platforming game. Okay. Where, if you can't tell from the name, it's about beating up uh, food that is trying to kill you. Gotcha, like Burger Time. Like Burger Time, but you run around as this happy little chef guy with a really wicked-looking mustache. Like Burger Time. Like <laughs> Burger... Does he have a mustache in Burger Peter Pepper is clean shaven. Yeah, he does not have a mustache. Ah, this this is sort of like Peter Pepper's grandpa. 
Okay. I guess, you know, he's got uh, this big old mustache, and actually, I highly recommend... Happy Pepper. Yeah, well, I suggest looking up, I think it's the American cover art for this game, because... Oh, it's fucking horrifying. Yes, it's hellish. The way this man looks, he looks like a demon with this sadistic smile on his face. It's really fantastic. I would like to point out that in the Japanese version, the main book is a young up-and-comer, no mustache. He looks like something you'd see on the Bobby Flays and the Food Networks and the the next rising star and goddammit, why did Guy Fieri even get a job? That kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah, that was a weird thing about this game was the fact that you play a little chef named Kokun in the Japanese version and and the villain's name is Or de Avoir, like hors d'oeuvres, but it's like Ors de Avoir. I don't know how to say it. I'm not French. That's how you spell hors d'oeuvres. Oh, so it's just hors d'oeuvres. Yes. So the guy's name is hors d'oeuvres in the American version. They just shortened it to O-Dove because we're American. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't get it. Because we're fucking lazy. Because we would say it like I just said it before. Yeah. Hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> Granted, in the uh, Japanese characters, it's probably just hors d'oeuvres or something similar to that. So it's probably just bad localization. It's weird in, that in the Japanese one, as you pointed out, Reverend, that you play a younger guy. They, they completely changed him for the American version. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because in the Japanese version you play the younger chef and instead of uh, his clobber pan which mm-hmm. is the name of the pan that uh, the little chef guy runs around with the guy just headbutts people. <laughs> Alright. That, that's so, because in Japan cooking and beating vegetables has always been sexy. Here in America we didn't get sexy young chefs until 2003 or whenever Food Network popped up. I don't know. Exactly. This was way before uh, food porn was a thing and Jim Gaffigan was a famous comedian talking about the love of anyway your name is Cookie Cookie I guess because in Japan Man, his name somebody was somebody got a gold star for that one <laughs> Kokun kind of sounds like Cookie yeah throw it on there put it in a box with the scary face man and there we go <laughs> But it's really a a really fun game. It's not a difficult game. I think you play it a lot more for the style. The animation's really nice because it is a late Nintendo game, considering it came out in 92. It wasn't released in Europe until 94, actually, which is really late for the Nintendo system. But it's really cool. It's a lot of, you know, basic sort of go through your levels. But instead in this, O-Dove has taken over your restaurant, and the levels are all the different courses of a meal, Mm -hmm. the six different courses. And through those courses you fight through the restaurant and it's 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 done pretty well because you kind of go through the front of the restaurant dining area you know into the kitchen into the fridge and then of course down in uh to the sewer we know all restaurants have under them but you fight a lot of neat looking bosses there's a giant jiffy pop popcorn pan a whole oven full of turkeys attacks you which is uh I don't know how it fits them all in there. And a giant wok full of hot oil with tempura shrimp. There's a giant cheeseburger, giant four scoop ice cream cones. And it's really neat to see all the neat designs they did making all these different foods into your enemies. A lot of them are really, really annoying. Uh, The worst ones being in the later levels. I think the last level they introduced these little French fry guys. Okay. That uh, jump up in the air and shoot french fries out like they fall down and just keep shooting them as they fall down if the game has any problem is that old nest problem of if the enemy's spawn point goes off screen they respawn even after you kill them so these guys you'll end up beating them backtracking a bit to get a power up come back they're there again play the game you'll see what i mean these guys are the worst as well as these uh, skewers of beef earlier in the game and exploding apples uh, that attack you are 
absolutely <laughs> terrible. We're all relatively the same age. Do you guys remember the toys food fighters? Yes. Which were like, yeah, okay, so you yep. do remember these? They were absolutely garbage. Yeah, they were. It was like, like so, somebody had a bunch of action figure arm and legs left over, and they're like, let's stick it on a pizza. Were those some of those terrible ones where the arms didn't have joints? They were just those terrible, like, bendy arms? Yes. Yeah, uh, they weren't bendy, but they were just... They were there. Yeah, they were just <laughs> static pieces that could, like, go up. And there wasn't any articulation to them. Every... But these were just, like, shitty toys that came out in the late 80s. And they were, like, the hotness when I was in elementary school. And my mother refused to buy any because she's like... Those are fucking trash. They're garbage. <laughs> like, even she could tell that the level of quality was so much more reduced from a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. You know? But they were kind of like squishy dog toys that somebody had put action figure arms on. <laughs> you mom, know, when you give your dog, like, that plastic squeaky pizza? Yeah, here's a plastic T-bone. Put some toy arms on it. There <laughs> yeah, you go. exactly. That's now, what it was. Now it's not a dog toy. It's a kid toy. As you're describing the enemies, I'm just thinking about those stupid toys because that's essentially what they were. They were just angry. Food. It's that it was- minus the arms. No arms, okay. Yeah, they don't give them full-on arms, but they do put all sorts of faces on things and stuff like that. Some of them don't even have faces. Some of them are just, like, the skewers of beef are just floating skewers of beef that float and wait till you're close enough and then make, like, a down diagonal attack at you and try to hit you. <laughs> a lot of this stuff either has a face or it doesn't. The bosses always do. You can make these in your, your kitchen. You can just make a cheeseburger, put some googly eyes on it. You got oh. the level four boss from Panic Restaurant. I think we're dipping into a Christopher Walken sketch on S. SNL right now where he puts googly eyes on things I don't it know. was on his uh, disc as like a bonus because it never made it to air I think he was like a botanist with, uh-huh. and he was just uncomfortable by the vegetation around him so he put googly eyes on it <laughs> to feel more comfortable like the fern bothered him but he put googly eyes googly, ah, whatever yeah, go yeah. watch it. it it's a good sketch nice yeah. made it to air yeah, but no, yeah, I mean, I guess so if you ever want to, uh, like, cosplay Cookie, you can just get a chef outfit, put a mustache on, get some now, was food, there a, put some googly was, eyes. In the game, was there a stack of pancakes that would attack you, like in Legend of Zelda? <laughs> oh, the oh, like likes. No, there isn't a stack of pancakes, but the cheeseburger and the ice cream cone kind of attack you in the same way where there's a stack of them and they'll shoot off like, you know, uh, one of the scoops or like the burger kind of hops around disassembled and shoots its like slice of tomato, then the lettuce, then the, bu- you know, reassembles from one side to the other. Oh, that's kind pretty of. cool. Yeah, and a lot of them just kind of bounce around, though. A lot of it's just avoiding the, the bouncing enemy bosses. It's a very well-themed game. Like, they take this whole, it's a restaurant and run with it and the music's really good it has that weird haunting echo kind of sound to it that a lot of the NES games had back then with their music okay that to match the horror of the cover yes just to match the <laughs> horror of the cover i don't know it's just how i describe i don't know it's sometimes has a weird spooky echo to it it's how the the NES just sounded i i don't know there's some inconsistencies in the game you know like i'm fighting turkey beef skewers on the fish course this doesn't make sense it says mm-hmm. right here i'm on fish should i not be fighting all fish they just couldn't finish what was put out for them you know some people are just, you can't take their plate until they're finished man oh that's true that's true that's true <laughs> but uh but really cool game not a lot of people know about because it was so late in Nintendo's cycle it doesn't get yeah. a, a lot of play if you can find a copy of it go for it but if not or just steal that shit yeah we all have our ways I don't think Taito really they're probably making like pachinko machines now or something anyway so <laughs> that's Konami Taito has been sucked into Square Enix but um, Taito is still doing a lot of the uh, smaller mobile type games 
I believe. This sort of uh, Taito fascination has come around uh, somewhat recently, I find. I'm playing a lot of Taito games. Yeah. Uh, there's some great Taito collections on PlayStation 2, I think, mm-hmm. but uh, we're starting to get to the point now where those rare PS2 games are starting to go for quite a bit in the ways uh, PlayStation games did back when PlayStation 2 was out. So, If nothing else, I would expect to see it uh, thrown up onto iOS and other mobile platforms because Taito is owned by Square Enix, and they love trying to overcharge for things on those platforms until they get called on it and then put them on sale for a week. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, check out Panic Restaurant. It's cool. You have a health bar. You can increase it as you go. The uh, only other thing I forgot is you collect coins in the game. Your collectibles end up being either the different power-ups, which you can get a big wooden spoon, a pogo fork, which gives you these cool little angry eyes, so you look like you're serious business. You get some dishes you can throw and stuff. And uh, But collect coins and the end of the levels, just like Mario 2, you get a chance at slots. You can win extra lives or increase your health or increase your max health and stuff like that. So go play it. It is a great hidden gem. A nice quick little platform. You can beat it in an afternoon. Have a good time with it. I won't want to spoil the ending, but there isn't really much to it. But the reward is the journey, not the destination. I actually want to try to uh, play a bit of the Japanese one to see how much it actually differs. I mean, with a name like Wampaku Koku no Gourmet World. How it's got to be good. It's got to <laughs> be good, which I think just probably means like, I know his name's Koku, and I'm not sure what Paku means, but in Gourmet World, which in the American one, the evil guy takes over your restaurant and you have to get it back, I imagine. And that one, it's probably, you know, the young up-and-comer fighting in the evil guy's restaurant. Yeah. What's that relationship called? It's like a sente? Like his senpai? It's not sensei. Senpai and kohai. Yes, that's what I'm trying to think of. Thank you, Charlie Goodmuffin. Also, uh, Wanpaku, uh, I think it means something like naughty or uh, mischievous. Uh, It's usually used for games that are kind of like a funny take on something. There's a version of Splatterhouse, Splatterhouse Wanpaku Graffiti on the Mm. NES, where the main guy is a cute little chibi guy. But the levels are basically the same. Everything's just cuter. And uh, it's actually a little harder. If you see that pop up, that is what that's all about. Yeah. Is it as gushy in the chibi form when you, like, stomp little chibi heads in? It's kind of disconcerting. It's actually a pretty good game. I've played at least half of it. It, mm-hmm. it is also just as tough as a Splatterhouse should be. But sure. The food is being naughty, so I'm guessing that's why they <laughs> ended that. It's very that naughty. Or the, that or the chef's being naughty. I'm not entirely sure. Especially to do with the mustache version. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Who wants a ride? (laughs) (laughs) Continuing with the Now You're Cooking theme and talking about chefs and restaurants and uh, food, I'm going to pick Food Fight 1983 by Atari. Now, I know we normally don't talk about arcade games. I'm not going to. I'm going to actually talk about the Atari 7800 version which is one of the first games I really remember enjoying as a young child. I got the Nintendo, the NES, relatively late into its lifespan. My parents bought me a 7800 when everyone else was getting a Nintendo. I really love the game Food Fight. In Food Fight, you play as a Charlie Chuck, and you have a food fight with a bunch of little chefs on the screen. Uh, what really drew me this game w- when I was younger was it was a uh, single screen open environment and there were piles of food that you would walk up to and hit the action button to throw at these chefs to score points and also keep them away from you. And the chefs also interacted with the piles of food. They would throw food at you and if you got hit, then all the food on the screen would pile onto you. And for the Atari uh, 7800, the animations were 
very impressive, particularly when you splattered chefs in the face with food. But the goal of the game is to get to the ice cream cone. So you start at the right side of the screen, and at the left side of the screen is an ice cream cone. When you go over to the ice cream cone, and maybe this is some sort of influence on the type of art and artwork and animation that I like, his fucking head, like expands out like he's in the movie The Thing, but instead of an alien coming out, it's his tongue and it wraps around the ice cream cone and gobbles it up. It looks awesome. I, I Taking a look at this right now, because I never heard of this game, so I wanted to have a, a frame of reference. And yeah, that is amazing. Yes, it looked amazing on the Atari 7800. It also looked incredible on the arcade. The arcade obviously had a little bit better graphics, but the 7800 did a great job. And I think it was because for the time, you know, I would go over a friend's house and they're playing Mario or they were playing uh, Alex Kidd. Yes, I had a friend who had a Sega Master System. Nobody oh. had a friend who had he, Alex Kidd. Steven Vanderlaski had a fucking <laughs> Sega Master System. Oh, with a last name like tell, that, of course he did. He, yeah, and he would tell everybody that Nintendo sucked. <laughs> he was that kid. Right. I just wanted a Nintendo, but for me, this was my Super Mario game because it's got the cartoony type characters. They were presented real well. And unlike Mario, it didn't feel as constraining to me as a kid. I felt like I could just go where I wanted to because in the confines of that single screen, you could. Like I said, single screen levels, ice cream cone is the goal. Different types of food are put onto the uh, screen as you progress. There's pop and spinach, tomatoes, and bananas. The bananas just kind of swing like boomerangs when you throw them. You want to avoid getting touched by the chefs or hit by food being thrown by them. The food piles do deplete. I think this game's pretty advanced for its time. I, I think it was very clever, it was very unique, and I really enjoyed it. And aside from Chef for the Game & Watch, this was the first game I thought of when TT picked. Now you're cooking. Nice, um, I really I, like how the, uh, the ice cream cone steadily melts. You have to get right. to it before it melts all the way. Yes, it's a timer. Yeah. And uh, if it melts away, all the food piles onto you. Yeah, you get nailed by all... Or if you get uh, hit by the enemies, it seems all the food flies and hits you as well. Yes, yeah. It, again, very... And for the 7800, real great animations happening. For the console, the sound is okay. You know, it plays a little ditty at the beginning, and then you throw the food, and it makes your standard Atari sounds. But it, it worked. For me, it worked. Great kinetics. It just felt good to play. It worked with the controller well. And then I didn't even know that this hadn't... Uh, an arcade release until much later and uh, it's a trackball game which I actually don't prefer that control. I liked how it felt with the joystick. The trackball it felt too loose when I played it in the arcade. I had a similar experience with Crystal Castles. I played that for the first time on my 7800 with the joystick so then when I found out that it was a trackball game it was fucking crazy. Like, that little bear was just, like, whizzing all over the screen. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because, like, you know, you would you would just gently roll the ball, and he would just dart to the other end of the, the uh, castle. So uh, I experienced these games in the home market with the uh, home console first. Then in my later years, found out how, you know, they were properly displayed. And graphically, there were improvements, obviously. But because I started that way, I definitely preferred the 7-8 controller over uh, the trackball. Look up the arcade game as well, because the animation in that, too, is very similar, where his head just gets fucking huge. His head, yeah, that animation looks better in the anim in the uh, arcade version. I like it in both. Like, one's a, one's a little smoother than the other, one's a little more pixely, but they both look great. And I 
I think I gotta say I like just from looking at it is how all the chefs don't look the same. They all have different style chef hats on. Yeah, there's um, three chefs that have names. It's Jacques, Oscar, and Zorba. And uh, Zorba's the tall, slender one. Oscar's the fat one. And Jacques is the curvature one. Nice. Yeah. That's Thanks, awesome. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you're lying to us, but whatever. Yeah, we'll assume it's correct. Charlie Goodmuffin, what's your pick for Now You're Cooking Pick of the Buck? For Now You're Cooking, I'm also zipping back to 1983. Oh. Uh, instead of Atari, it, it, this was on an Atari system, we're going to go with Activision's Pressure Cooker. Oh. D- developed and published by Activision for the Atari 2600 and designed, oddly enough, by a man named Gary Kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out Gary, it's not just a pseudonym. He worked on Donkey Kong for the 2600 and Keystone Capers and went on to head some other stuff. Now, I think he's still alive. Didn't say he was dead. Um, (laughs) So good on him for not dying. Yeah, way to go. Let's get to the game here. Pressure Cooker, you are a short order burger chef. And like burger time. Kind of, except <laughs> you're not really stalling on anything. This is much more mundane and moderately realistic. It's a two-screen Atari game instead of just one. And on the main screen, you've got a series of tubes uh, that are color-coded across from a conveyor belt, which bottom buns and burgers are being dispensed from a little flaming oven up at the top. Okay. You have a list of orders down at the bottom of the screen asking for different toppings of tomatoes, onions. What is that third one? Oh, that's lettuce. (laughs) The green thing and cheese (laughs) on different colored bars. And there's three shoots on the lower screen. If you walk off the bottom, that's how you get to that. Basically, you have to catch the toppings being fired from the topping tubes, put them on the proper burgers, grab the top bun for a finished burger, and walk it to the proper color tube to complete that order. Once you get four orders for each color tube, that ends the level. If you let toppings fly by behind you instead of punching them brutally back into the tube uh, or letting them hit you in the face, you lose points. You have 50 points to start with, and losing a burger entirely drops 10 from that. If you run out of those points, you die. Well, the game ends. But no, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds very similar to or, or almost a uh, improvement upon the game mechanic with Mario Cement Factory. I'm not entirely familiar with Mario Cement Factory, but... Okay. In that game, you have to um, mitigate moving materials from different conveyor belts and load up a truck. There's two sets of four conveyor belts on either side, and you have to hit levers to move them in different directions and get them to the truck, or else if they fall and break, you lose. Okay. That, so that, it's that, like a mitigation-type game. Yeah, that's fairly similar gameplay-wise. In this, you don't really have to press anything. The toppings that are fired are pretty much random, but again, it's learning timing to punch the toppings back. Right. Other than just catching them. I think you can get away with not putting them on the burger in order because the listings are just left to right. If somebody wanted onion and cheese, if you put the cheese on first, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get crucified. Um, I found it actually through a friend years ago. Had never played it on the 2600 despite having spent some time with that system in the past and it's got a really catchy theme song too it doesn't play during the intro but once you start the game up it's very infectious i believe i was actually singing along to it and making <laughs> up words as i went and annoying a lot of people 
It reminds the- me of a lot of these modern restaurant-y games where you're serving up different orders for people. You know, they have them on all the mobile devices, whether it's like... Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, like food. Diner Dash. Yes, that's the exact one I was that, thinking that's, of. That's the big one. Sort of similar to that, but a lot less complicated. Looks like yeah. a fun game. It is not entirely easy to come by. It's usually on the Activision compilation discs that pop up for whatever systems. I know there's a PlayStation 1 and a PlayStation 2 one. It's on both of those. Most recently, if you have an Xbox 360, you can get the Game Room app. I think it's also on Windows, but it's basically a little virtual arcade where they overcharge you to buy little machines to add to it, or you can spend Microsoft Moon Bucks, or now real money, I guess, (laughs) for... um, quarters uh you get a test play on any machine in that too it's actually a dice a decent little collection of games even if the the glorified roms are a little overcharged it failed miserably because they didn't really think ahead but it was an interesting idea if the pricing sure. model had been better but you can get it on that because they have arcade machines in that they have atari 2600 uh, i think they have some old nes stuff uh that was third party as well but i'll tell you for a 2600 game uh, the uh, graphics are pretty impressive it looks like he's holding food you know (laughs) you're not just a square holding another square you know the character is at least realized enough so he looks like a chef and the box art not as horrifying as chef on there Uh, he kind of looks like dom deluise (laughs) yes not as scary as a cookie (laughs) on panic restaurant at all (laughs) he also looks like he just gives no s because at least one of his many arms apparently he's an avatar of Shiva, just lobbing meat over his shoulder like he, he does not even care. <laughs> and did you see they made an action figure out of him? No. Yeah, evidently he was one of uh, five action figures put out by Activision for some of their, uh, you know, key franchises like Pitfall. I will need to find that because I did not know Pressure Cooker was a key franchise, and I love this game. Yeah, there's an action figure for Pitfall Harry, uh, Keystone Caper, uh, and Pressure Cooker Chef. And he was at, well, a lot of Activision games had this as well. If you submitted a high score to Activision back in the day, they would send you a patch for that game. Oh, that's cool. And the patch for this game is the Short Order Squad. With the uh, chef, the Dom DeLuise chef, with his arms folded, holding a spatula on it. And you would have been the coolest kid on the playground if you had that on your denim jacket. Or someone would beat the shit out of you. (laughs) Either or. Depends on who you run into. But this makes me think, we need more compilation things. You you remember how in the 90s, late 90s and stuff, you could get uh, for your PC, like, here's 500 games for your computer. And, you know, some were just demos, but there was just a lot of shareware and freeware on there. That shit's done because they can just charge you for everything. I know, but I... Why not do more collections on modern consoles where you can fit, like, 500 Atari games on it, you know, or something? Because they can charge individually, obviously, is why they wouldn't. They'd rather charge you a buck ninety-nine. I know, but, man, it would just be so great to be able to to get, like, all those Taito games in one spot or all those Atari games or all those Hudson games if they even exist anymore, you know? The PlayStation 2 era was good for that because a lot of great compilation discs came out then. Now with DLC and... And, and mobile games. I, I just think that's past us now. And I think another thing that passed us, and none of the games we talked about today fall into this category, but there used to be a whole era of games where after you beat the game, it unlocked another game. 
So there would be things where you play a game and then after you beat it, it would show you a world map and say, okay, well, you played 40% of the game and now you can go anywhere you want. It's like, holy shit, I didn't know I missed all this stuff and now I can go there. Or you would go through the game and it would give you a more challenging version of the game that they can charge you for now. That's DLC. Yeah, I feel like uh, Okami nowadays, uh, you'd go through the first big dragon-headed boss, which I thought was the final boss when I first played the game. (laughs) I was like, all right, I beat it. And then like this giant world map opens. And I was like, holy shit, that was only the beginning? Because they don't let you know anything past that story-wise. Yeah, nowadays it'd be like, all right, you want the DLC? To add on the nice big map? You want to buy this $1.99 pack. Download the new costumes for the dog instead of unlocking (laughs) them in the game and then starting a new one and being a different kind of dog. Right. Or pre-order it at GameStop and start with this gun. You know, it's it's those days have passed us, unfortunately. Sadly, yes. But there's people out there doing good stuff. I'm sure this isn't the end of game collections. But hey, I'd love to see a collection where it's just like, here's every cooking game, every game that had some cooking stuff in it. Somebody get out there. There's so many cooking games out there, and there's plenty we didn't cover. Like Burger Time? Yeah, like Burger Time. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody talked about Cooking Mama either. I thought that'd get brought up for sure. It's, Uh, yeah, I was, like... Too obvious, I guess? I think a little bit. I mean, I, I would say mine was obvious, except for that it is a bit of an obscure Nintendo game. Obviously, Cooking Mama, could, anyone could have talked about any of the Diner Dash games. Um, yeah, my alternative was Short Order and Explode, which was for the NES Power Pad. That was pretty obscure. I did do a little digging. I just a little tidbit on that. I yes, noticed that the company that made it, Tose, uh-huh. they're still around. They made they really. I didn't think they would be. They're around? No, they, they worked on a lot of the bases loaded back in the day. Tetris Two. Uh, allegedly, they were part of the Splatoon development. On the Nintendo oh, Wii U. Very good. Okay. They have not been killed. So big ups to That's great. Short Order and Explode for keeping them afloat. Yeah, yeah if you're not familiar with Tose, they were kind of like, um, what would you describe them as? Like a designated hitter for uh, like another developer. Like a developer would go to them to have them either finish a project or get a project off the ground because they were busy doing other things. More often than not, Tose did a great job. Yeah, this list makes a lot more sense now if they, if they were just like kind of programming grunts. Freelancers, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, or the studio band, as it were. Right, exactly. Uh, That's a perfect comparison to what yeah, that they, company they, was. Or is. They've done a fair amount of ports. Wow, I just looked up the list. They've had their fingers in a lot of things, even apparently Chrono Trigger of all games. Wow. The PlayStation version, yep. 1995, yeah. Super Princess Peach even in 2005. So, tell us about the Power Pad game then. Uh, basically, it was two games in one, kind okay. of like the Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo, but Short Order was sort of a similar thing to Pressure Cooker, where you're filling orders for different customers and you only had a certain amount of times. The uh, buttons on the pad for that one responded to different ingredients, and you just get, like, the burger they wanted would be on a bar on the side, if I remember correctly. Okay. Been a while. I probably should have looked at some pictures. But and as you stepped on the pad, it would stack up the parts of the burger, and you had to satisfy each order within a certain amount of time. And of course, as it goes on, it gets more difficult. The burgers were huge. This was like some Dagwood style <laughs> Scooby Doo thing going on yeah. here. For those who are not familiar with what a Dagwood or uh, this Scooby Doo sandwich is, that's weirdly very tall. familiar. I feel like a, I had a friend who had a power pad as a kid. I feel like he might have had this. So each um, spot on the power pad would, like, for the short order, would denote the cheese, the lettuce, the tomato, the patty? Yeah. Okay. And you'd have to hit those depending on what they wanted. So they wanted, like, 
six patties, eight slices of lettuce. So you'd have to like do that when it called it out, like a DDR situation, or you had to do it within a Something time? like that. Okay. I, I believe the orders may not have been entirely specific. You just got an idea of what they wanted, and you had to watch their faces. To yeah, it's, see if it's they were... like stacks up on the side, and as it falls down, you know what to jump on. As it's falling, you have to jump, kind of like a DDR game. Oh, and you that, have, that's and you have a t- Yeah, and you have a timer that, uh, depending on how quick you do it or if you miss anything, you get uh, less points or more points. Gotcha. It looks like you use two feet, so you actually use both your yeah. feet and have to hop on two feet to one of the four corners, which, you know, top left is meat, top right is cheese, bottom right is lettuce, and the bottom left two buttons, five and six, are tomato. I'm sure no child slipped off that mat. No. Playing this game. <laughs> I certainly never busted my ass on a power pad before. Oh, wow. And the burger at the, at the level they got to, it was stacked 12 high. Yeah. Wow. For things. Oh, wow. And there's actually a cute little animation where you see a mouse open his mouth and the burger uh, comes off the counter, falls down into his tiny little mouth, and then he balloons up all fat. Just like burger time. Just like burger time. <laughs> Reverend, do you remember Explode? Uh, Explode was a little less on the cooking theme. You, it was a hen house, oh. and you were planting bombs under chickens to foil. <laughs> keep uh, those, a keep fox. those chickens in line. That or no? Oh wait, I'm sorry. I have that backwards. These chickens lay bombs, I believe, and you step on four by three area that matches the pad. Uh huh. And they were also color coded for the size and everything. So, and you had to step on the bombs to keep the chickens from exploding. Seems counterintuitive, <laughs> and but so, okay. And something about keeping foxes away too. Uh, that one I am less familiar with, but it's yeah. also less to do with cooking. So, All right. who cares? If the chickens aren't getting cooked, so really, <laughs> it does not apply. Peter no. will not be upset, although they might be because they're endangered. But fuck them. Anyway, here's some great picks for the now you're cooking genre that we made up. <laughs> this month i think we all had some good picks it sounds like i'd recommend even the ones you guys came up with although not being familiar with them definitely would even recommend burger time even burger time let's find out what next month's theme will be uh fuck me in the fucking face hold <laughs> That's on the theme? I, yes i've got <laughs> a theme. Oh, black on blondes volume four is my pick <laughs> oh god uh, now i have to decide between custer's revenge and uh eat eat him or eat him. <laughs> Aliens vs. Predator by Capcom. <laughs> Facehuggers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's find out what next month's theme will be with T.T. Schmookins and her blapper-ass, peeny-eye, whatever, random word generator thing. Yeah. Brought to you by Riteem. Hello, my name is Titish Kmukins, setting the premise of next month's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Pick a Debug, Program, using my Pennsylvanian Electronic Numerical Integrator Computerized RISC-I triple 48 Gigaflops, Blast Processor Emulator and the Magictive, Subject Service Generator, also known as the Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni, We Talk Games, Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration, P. Me, Akari, Rob, 48, Blapparas, G2000.
Next month's premise will be. Raisin Bar. Can't wait to hear your picks for California Raisin Games. Ooh. Games that are high in fiber. Games based on Quaker chewy granola bars. Games that were once grapes and now have shriveled into oblivion. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with that. I think you got something. There's something there. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and this is the part of the show where we pick the buck. Each one of us contributed a dollar that gets put into a hat with our name on it. We shuffle those dollars around, and whoever's name gets pulled wins the kitty. And yes, I still fucking hate this part of the show. Yeah, and it's a $5 because this is the monthly pick of the buck. That's right. Someone's going to win 15 bucks. Let's uh, shuffle those dollars around. And while I do that, Keith, why don't you tell... Fuck! I hate these <laughs> stupid names! <laughs> these dollars sound really big. Oh. Big dollars. Big dollars. Well, That's because they're fivers. They're, they're big. Fivers. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. <laughs> okay. And Clint, while I shuffle these dollars around, why don't you remind everybody where they can find the show and find out more about us? Well, you can find out more about us on... Whoa. You can find us at wetalkgames.com. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter at wetalkgames. And we are also on Facebook, WTG Podcast. Join our community over there. And also, we are all a part of the awesomeness that is Giant Media Ball, giantmediaball.com. And at Giant Media Ball, whether you know know it or not we are all a part of the ball that was fucking creepy (laughs) (laughs) sorry let's see who wins this month's kitty i got a good feeling wiggly wiggly wins oh the time travel show guy clearly says wiggly on this five dollar bill but but i mean frank plays wiggly in wiggly time travel yes frank hemlin does play a wiggly in wiggly time traveler but hank uh, Hemblin is not Wiggly. Hank Fremblin? Frank Flem Flam. <laughs> Frem Flam Flam. Fuck it. It's, the show's over. Okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Join us next month for another exciting episode of We Talk Games Pick of the Buck. Maybe I'll be there.